We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Jorge, you like looking up at the stars, right? Yeah, I love it. The uh, the stars are beautiful and brilliant, and it just makes you think about the universe. Next time you look where the stars, you might want to remember that the stars, they can kill you. The stars that are billions of light years far away can kill me. That's right. Not just shooting stars, which are like meteors that could hit the Earth and kill you, but the actual stars cause the death of about 100 people a year. Mostly men, it turns out. Mostly men? Is it because they're driving while they're trying to look at the stars? <laughs> no, as usual, it turns out it's all about the particles. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, and I have not killed anybody this year or any other year. Well, that's good. That's always a good um, thing to put in your resume. <laughs> I like just coming out denying that initially. Like, nobody asks you, but I just want you to know I'm a particle <laughs> physicist, but I haven't killed anybody. <laughs> Is that how you introduce yourself every time? Hi, I'm Daniel, <laughs> and today I haven't killed anybody. <laughs> Day ain't over yet, right? Yeah, that's how I introduced myself to my uh, my girlfriend's father, you know, my girlfriend now wife's father. Hi, I'm a particle physicist. Don't worry. I haven't killed anybody. No, actually, he's uh, he's also a physicist. So as soon as he heard that I was a physicist, he was like, this is the one. Well, welcome to an electrifying episode of Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. That's right, in which we try to unmask the mysteries of physics out there in the universe and right here on Earth. That's right. We try to uncover the shocking truth about the world around you and uh, try to do it all in a quick flash. That's right. We try to charge up your physics batteries and overload your bad joke <laughs> capacity. That's right. And today we're talking about a topic which is of particular interest to me. 
Um, and I think of interest to everybody who's looked up at the sky during a thunderstorm. Yeah, it's something that I think makes everybody curious. Since uh, you're a little kid, you probably wonder what is going on with that. And it's something that people have been wondering about for thousands and thousands of years. You know, it's one of the earliest natural phenomena that inspired religion. You know, people give this power to the gods because it seems so dramatic. So today on the program, we are going to be talking about... Lightning. What is lightning? What causes lightning? And where is the mystery in it? Because apparently uh, there are still unanswered questions about lightning. That's right. One of my favorite trends in sort of human culture is seeing things that are obviously weird, fascinating, amazing. The humans used to describe using religion, right, or mythology. And then science slowly sort of pieces the, together the mystery and reveals the physics behind it. You know, oh, it turns out it's this. It turns out it's that, right? One of the most amazing natural phenomena to witness is lightning, right? And there's, of course, the, a nice long arc of history of understanding lightning. But it turns out that lightning still has a lot of mysteries. There's still a little bit of uh, magic and mythology behind it, right? Until physics kills it all. Until physicists become mythical themselves, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but lightning, I guess, you know, it's such a tangible you know, phenomenon. It's so visually striking too, right? I mean, not just because uh, it strikes the, the earth, but, um, you know, it's like you'd seen this giant column of light in the middle of a storm. It's, it's just impressive. And it makes you think, man, there must be some kind of deity or God throwing that down. It certainly is awe-inspiring, right? You look at that and you think, wow, nature or the universe or something out there is so much more powerful than me. It seems like such an impressive display. You know, and it, it is impressive, you know, like a single lightning strike has a billion joules of energy in it. A billion, right? And a billion. One, so one lightning strike, a billion joules. Yeah. And, and for How much is that in relative to like um, a light bulb? Yeah, well, you know, to calibrate, you and your household probably use about 37 billion joules a year. So in a week, your house uses a little less than a billion joules of energy. So a billion joules of energy oh, wow. is like enough to power a house for a week. Now, is that with my kids using the iPad all the time or not <laughs> using the iPad? No, the I time? stood outside your house for this episode and I measured your house's <laughs> okay. electricity usage. So this is very specific to you. <laughs> I heard The Rock, the actor, his punch has uh, is about uh, 400 joules. So lightning <laughs> yeah, exactly. bolt, how much is that? Uh, you know, a normal person's punch is, you know, tens of joules, but like a, a really strong professional can get to the hundreds of joules. But, you know, mm. that's just hundreds of joules. That means that a lightning strike is like getting punched by the rock two and a half million times. <laughs> so pretty serious stuff. Yeah. So it's something that's been in mythology for a long time. And it seems, it seems like it's something that science still hasn't captured quite in a bottle, right? There's still some mysteries about it. Yeah, it turns out that there's some deep connections between lightning and particle physics. But we'll dig into that. Um, but I was wondering, you know, what do people know about lightning? Is people Do people think lightning is well understood? Does everybody out there have a good model for lightning in their head? Or are most people still just like awe-inspired and dumbstruck and have no idea what's causing it? So as usual, Daniel went out and asked people on the street or sometimes at airports uh, <laughs> if they knew. I have been doing a lot of traveling this summer, so I've been just taking the opportunity to ask people all around the world random questions about physics. So as usual, Daniel went out and asked people on the street that they knew what lightning is and what causes it. So before you hear these answers, think about it for a second. Uh, if someone asked you on the street what lightning was, what would you answer? 
Here's what people had to say. I just know it's like a ray of like uh, of light shooting really fast, and then it hits a point. It's like an energy mm-hmm. that hits from one point to another. Essentially, charged particles moving um, between you know, differential charge in different positions, and they're moving from one place to another. Um, you know, usually you see it between clouds in the sky. Has something to do with like a static electricity charge, I think, that builds up as maybe the water molecules are moving in the cloud? I don't, something like that. It's a charge difference between the ground and the clouds. It's like the spontaneous ionization of air. Isn't it like excitement of part, like protons in the clouds and then it's like a tracer beam to the ground? And once that user beam hits the ground, then lightning actually strikes the ground? Yeah, lightning is just a breakdown of gas or ionizing of gas and allowing electrons to flow through it at high voltages. All right, people had long answers for these. People have thought about lightning. Lightning is definitely something that's inspired physics thoughts in people's minds, right? They look at that and they wonder, ooh, what is it? And I guess they get inspired to Google a little bit or read about it, but... There's some knowledge about lightning out there for sure. I was impressed. It seemed very uh, more binary than usual. Some people are like, I have no idea. I'm not really <laughs> sure. But some people are like, oh, it's a charge and electricity and clouds and ground. And yeah, and this time, plasma. the people who have very specific ideas have pretty specific and mostly correct ideas, right? Didn't get a whole lot of people pontificating totally off topic. So that was pretty impressive. What do you think that comes from? Do you think, um, you know, um, Kids TV explains lightning or people, something that uh, maybe in high school people hear about? Yeah, I don't know. I think it has to do with the immediacy of it, right? Lightning is something that's right there in most people's lives. And so it's not like the Higgs boson or other crazy stuff. It's uh, It makes people wonder and they want answers. I think the good news is that nobody said zoos. <laughs> it's zoos throwing down some bolts. Lightning I thought you were a, a favor of mysticism and magic, right? So uh, now, now you're cheering physics on for destroying the old gods? <laughs> <laughs> Pick a side, man. You think Pick a I'm side. A Mooney or something. Uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting um, that uh, you said earlier most lightning strikes are happen to uh, hit men. Yeah, that's right. About a hundred people every year are killed by lightning, and eighty out of a hundred are men. I think that is really quite fascinating. Um, yeah, what? Why is that? That it's so. That, that is so weird. Yeah, I don't think it has to do with like the. Um, physiology of men or the height of men or, you know, the volume of their hair or their electrical, uh, you know, their capacity to conduct electricity or anything might have to do with where men are. You know, maybe they're out more or they're climbing poles more or something or they're doing stupid stuff in lightning storms more. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. Or I think this is just proof that maybe Zeus is a woman. I think all this time. Yeah, I was I was totally floored by that fact. That was uh, like, and the other thing that's interesting is that lightning it doesn't just strike men more, but it's not equally distributed around the world, right? There's some areas around the world where lightning over almost never happens, and other areas where it's really common. This is just where it happens more, not just where it hits people. Yeah, just in general, where it strikes the ground, like in Central Africa and in the Himalayas and in Florida in the U.S., you get a lot of lightning. But in other places, like in Europe is much, much, much less lightning. I think that's just um, the universe punishing Florida for (laughs) its role in the political scene. (laughs) For having a bunch of weird dudes in it, right? And that's because of the weather? There's just more weather activity over those places? Or you need wide open fields? What's going on? 
Yeah, well, we'll talk about it when we dig into how lightning is formed, but you need just the right weather conditions. Florida, for example, is very moist and has a lot of storms. And so you have the conditions to spark lightning um, more often than you do in other drier places. So let's break it down. Uh, let's start with uh, what is lightning? Like if you had to define lightning, how would you describe it? Yeah, so lightning, a common misconception is that lightning is fire, right? But it's not. Lightning is electricity, right? It's uh, it's actually a glowing tube of plasma. Remember the states of matter you have, solid, liquid, gas, and then plasma, the least often discussed state of matter. That's a gas where it has so much energy that the atoms have become ionized. The electrons have gotten pulled off of the positive nuclei. And so it conducts electricity. So it's a gas that conducts electricity and usually glows. That's like what's inside fluorescent light bulbs. The atoms break down. They, like they just have so much energy, they break apart the atoms. Exactly. The electrons have been torn off of the positive nuclei. And plasma is not so weird, right? They can't stay stuck to the uh, nucleus. Yeah, like inside a fluorescent light bulb, that's what you have is a plasma. You have a gas that's been ionized and it's glowing, right? And so that's what lightning is. It's just um, a long arc of conducting gas, right? It, essentially, electricity is flowing through it. It's just a giant fluorescent tube. Yeah, it's a giant fluorescent tube. Essentially, the air has been turned into a wire, right? Normally, air doesn't conduct electricity. It's an insulator. Right. But if you get enough positive charges on one side and negative charges on the other side, then the force is so strong that it, that the, it breaks apart the atoms and turns it into a conductor. And that's what happens with lightning. The glow that you're seeing, the flash, that's just the electricity flowing down this giant fluorescent tube. Yeah, there's so much energy in there. The stuff's vibrating and when it's vibrating, has so much energy. It's also giving off light. Right. It's, a, it's a getting that energy and then it's trying to emit that energy. That's what the glow is. The ions haven't lost all of their electrons, right? They also absorb some other energy and those electrons bounce up and down. And when the electrons go down, they give off a photon. So that's what you're seeing. That's the glow from the plasma. I see. But is it like a flow of electrons? What, what are you, how do, how do you think about it? Is it electrons flowing from the clouds to the ground? Is that a good way to think about it? Yeah, it's actually really fascinating how it happens. You have um, a positive charge on the ground and a negative charge on the bottom of the cloud. All right, so you have this separation. And then the, the electrons, they leave the bottom of the cloud and they explore the air. They move out and they break into these forks, they're like this step structure, and they're looking for a path to the ground. And they, when they find the path of least resistance to the ground, the one with where it's easiest to rip the electrons off the atom, right? they make a connection to the ground, then you basically have this electrical connection and a huge pulse of energy then travels up from the ground to the cloud. And that's what you actually see. When you see a bolt of lightning, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing stuff come up from the ground, not the electrons coming down to the ground. That's right. What you're seeing is the pulse that goes up. This is first part of lightning. It's also really quick, but it's much less bright because it's just electrons finding the path. Once they make the connection, then all of a sudden, there's this huge opportunity, right? You have this enormous charge difference between the ground and the cloud. It's desperate, desperate to connect, right? And as soon as there's a connection, then it all rushes through there. But it starts where the connection is formed, which is at the ground. And then the pulse goes up to the, up to the cloud at like half the speed of light. You're saying that the, the glow starts from the ground. But actually, but the whole thing is it's, it's electrons coming down from the cloud to the ground. That's right. Whenever you have a circuit, 
and you have charges moving, it's always electrons that are moving because they're much lighter than the nuclei, the positively charged nuclei. So it's always about negative charges moving. And in this case, you have electrons flowing down to the ground, right? But the, the electrons find the path down to the ground and then the pulse, the actual movement of the electricity starts at the ground and then it, it works its way back up to the cloud. You're saying that the plasmification of the air starts at the ground. Yeah, because that's when, that's when the connection is first made. I think about this like the way water is always trying to flow down to the ground. So imagine you had like a, a huge bag of water or something. Uh, it's like looking for a hole in the bottom of the bag. It's trying to find its way out, right? Or trying to find the weakest spot in the bag. You keep pouring water into the bag and eventually the weakest spot in the bag is going to pop. And when that happens, boom, all the water is going to rush out, right? Like that's what happens when you pop a water balloon, right? A water balloon doesn't explode everywhere at once. It explodes in one tiny point and then the rest of it follows. So you're saying like as soon as it touches the ground, the first electrons, then the, then the rushing of the electrons happens first at the ground and then the rushing kind of propagates up. And so that's why, like if you look at high speed, a high-speed movie of lightning, it looks like it's actually moving up from the ground. That's right, exactly. Because when the bottom makes the connection, when the electrons first touch the ground, the top doesn't yet know, right? No information in this universe travels faster than the speed of light. Nothing is instantaneous. So the connection is first made at the bottom, and the rushing, the glowing, the plasmification starts there, and then moves very rapidly up to the clouds. And I only learned this when I actually pointed a high-speed camera at a lightning strike. Uh, you said you found this out when you pointed a camera at a lightning? Yeah, one of my first science summer jobs was working with a plasma physics group. They're the kind of folks that build fusion reactors and they would inject fuel into these reactors and wanted to see what happens. So they bought a hugely expensive, super high speed camera that could take like 15,000 frame digital pictures a second. At the time, this is in the 90s, that was super duper high tech. And, but then the fusion reactor wasn't working. And so we thought, well, let's test it on something else. So the scientist I was working with, Glenn Worden, um, he lived in... Um, you guys were like, we need 5.1 gigawatts. <laughs> exactly. To we're like, power our um, fusion reactor yeah, so <laughs> in our DeLorean. <laughs> we were like, what's a good, reliable source of plasma? And in northern New Mexico, every afternoon, there's a thunderstorm. It's crazy. It's like sunny skies at 2 o'clock, 2.15 nothing. And then all of a sudden, 2.20 or so, huge thunderstorm, pouring rain for about 15 minutes, and then blue skies again. Pretty reliably. So we took the camera to his garage, and we set it up, and we just sort of pointed it in a random direction and turned it on. Mm -hmm. And boom, the huge lightning strike right when we turned it on. And we got this incredible footage. And you could see the lightning breaking out, stepping down to the ground, and then this huge pulse that went up. And so we wrote a paper, wow. a science paper, that was essentially like, look at this awesome footage we got. <laughs> and that was it. Wow. Nobody else had done it before? No, it was the first one, as far as I, I'm aware of. And so we published it, and wow. uh, it's got six citations so far. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's a lot for particle physics isn't it it's isn't plasma that, um... physics and um mm. interestingly three of those citations came in the last few years so it's gathering some attention you know maybe it's going to be one All of those right. papers that gets no citations and then changes the world wow so when they say 80 percent of uh lightning strikes are men they really just mean like 80 percent are <laughs> 
male physicists who think <laughs> it's a good idea to go out, go out into a store and to take pictures. That's right. No, we were safely ensconced in uh, in his garage, but it was a pretty awesome experience. I had never seen lightning um, in slow motion. It was pretty exhilarating. Cool. Well, that sounds really cool. Uh, so that's lightning. And so let's get into what causes lightning and let's get into where the mystery is that scientists haven't figured out. But first, let's take a quick break. Physicists are famously sticklers for detail. And when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash universe that's mintmobile.com slash universe cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see Mint Mobile for details how do you feel about eating plastic if you went to a restaurant and saw plastic on the menu would you order it well turns out that we're all eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week yep that's right the products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Yuck. Well, what can we do about it? Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's not complicated. Refillable cleaning products without sacrificing on design. Their products have a beautiful, cohesive style that looks great on your counter. My family got the sampler pack and it already smelled great when we opened the box. Everything works super well, stuff gets really clean and it's all super easy to use. So it's no extra hassle in our lives and we feel great knowing we're generating less plastic waste. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash universe. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash universe for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash universe to get 15% off. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All 
All right, we talked about what lightning is. It's essentially a giant fluorescent tube. So it's like a giant, it's like the neon sign of nature. <laughs> That's right. It's sort of like a giant fluorescent tube. And you can see sort of mini lightning all the time. Like you ever get static electricity, you know, you like rub your feet across carpet. Um, you essentially build up a bunch of charge. And then if you touch something, you feel a little zap, right? If you look carefully, you can see a little arc of electricity. That's sort of like mini lightning from your fingertips. Like you are mini Zeus in that case. And it's the same thing happening is that electrons from my finger are jumping over to the doorknob, which uh, ionizes the air between there. And that's what causes a spark. Exactly. And it only happens when you get close enough because it's easier to ionize a smaller amount of air. Either you can get closer or you can increase the amount of power and then you get a bigger arc. So anyone can shoot plasma from their finger. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you might not be as powerful as the rock, but you can shoot lightning bolts from your fingertips. <laughs> Little tiny one millimeter lightning bolts, but still. That's right. It's, uh, it's plasma at your fingertips. And the way that you do that here on Earth, right, is like you're rubbing your feet against the carpet or you can do this in a demonstration. If you take like a glass rod and you rub it with a, a silk cloth or something. And essentially what you're doing there is you're stripping electrons. You're, there's some complicated physics of the friction there, but it's basically you're pulling the electrons off of their atoms and building up a charge. So you like you rub two atoms together and the electrons just fly off and but don't they come back right away? It depends, right, if there's something to separate them. And so in the cloud, people are not exactly sure how this happens, but they think that there's some complex interaction between sort of semi-frozen pellets of water and crystals of ice that bump up against each other. And one of them is lighter than the other. And they bump up against each other and then they have different reactions to wind and gravity. And so they get separated. And that's how you get this charge buildup inside the cloud. Essentially, it's friction between you know, crystals of ice and semi-frozen drops of water. Okay, wait a minute. You're saying, what do you mean it's not well understood? We don't know exactly what causes lightning, but we, we, we skipped over that and went straight for the Higgs boson <laughs> and the, <laughs> the right. fundamental and, particles of nature. Yeah, exactly. It turns out there are huge mysteries right here on Earth. Like people have tried to build models of what's going on inside the cloud. And they think, okay, if you're going to get lightning, you need to have a huge um, charge difference, right? I mean, it takes a pretty good amount of, of charge just to get that little zap from your finger to the doorknob. Now imagine crossing like five kilometers from the ground to the cloud. You need a huge charge difference, right? So they have some idea about how much this happens and how these things build up. Um, and then they went out and they measured it. They shot these rockets into clouds to measure the electric fields to see like, are the electric fields actually big enough to make lightning? And they found out that they're not, right? Like if you shoot rockets up into, into clouds, you measure pretty strong electric fields, but not nearly strong enough to create lightning, not nearly strong enough to, to cross this huge gap of an insulator from the cloud to the ground. Wait, so you do get a, a big accumulation of uh, electrons up in the clouds, but you're saying it's not big enough to cross over to the ground? Yeah, it shouldn't happen. Lightning shouldn't happen. Like you measure the electric field inside a cloud, there's not enough of an electric field there. The charge difference is not big enough to cause lightning. You would need much more accumulation of electrons to actually cause a spark by itself. Exactly. We understand pretty well the physics of, of ionizing gas, right? We know what air is made out of. We know how the water in there works. We know how much electricity, how much ch voltage difference it takes to create an arc. And people can do these studies in the lab. It's not difficult, right? You mix various 
gases together to simulate air, you add humidity, you can simulate the, the situation pretty exactly, and then you can put a charge difference across it. And you can see when does the air break down? How much charge difference does it take to create this bolt? And so we know when that happens and we measure in the cloud and there's not enough charge difference. So we don't understand what makes lightning start. I feel like there's two mysteries here. One is you don't really understand, we don't really understand what causes the friction to and the, the rubbing of the, to create the electrons to uh, bunch up. And also we don't know what actually makes it come down to earth. Is that, is that sort of my right? There's two mysteries. That's right. There's two mysteries there. One is, you know, what process exactly is causing this charge difference? And people have these models about the, the way the water pellets rub up against each other. Um, and that partially explains it, but there's still mysteries there. But I think the bigger mystery, the more fascinating one is, you know, you measure the electric field. Like whether or not you understand how the electric field gets there, you measure it and you see that it's not strong enough to make lightning. So why do we get lightning? Because Obviously, we get lightning, right? Obviously, it's some uh, old white dude with a white beard throwing it down. <laughs> That's right. Striking mortals. And this is where the, uh, the particle physics comes in because people discovered that when you get a lightning strike, there's actually a huge amount of radiation in those clouds, especially x-rays. Lightning strikes and people went out there with uh, like x-ray sensors. And there's a, a big amount of X-rays. You were going to say X-rayometers, weren't you? <laughs> X-ray <X> meters. <laughs> X-rayomatics. Yeah. yeah, people hadn't thought to do this, right? They, people hadn't thought to measure, until very recently, this is like 10 years ago, people hadn't thought to measure like, is there radiation inside a thundercloud? And then they built these devices to measure X-rays and other kind of particle radiation. And it, and it turns out there's a huge amount of radiation uh, especially X-ray radiation that's created when there's a lightning strike. And that's not normal? Like when you have this plasma and you have these uh, ions and all this physics going on, that's not normal to just emit and give out X-rays? The models of, a, of plasma do not suggest that you should get this much X-rays. So then people thought, well, maybe it's not the lightning that's causing the X-rays. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe something is happening, which generates all this radiation, and that's what causes the lightning. So one of the ideas people have now is maybe it's particles from space, right? Also known as cosmic rays. Like, um, <laughs> what? X-rays are caused by rays of energy from space. Yeah. So some star somewhere a jillion years ago goes supernova, flings out a super high energy particle, right? Which flies across the universe enters the Earth's atmosphere. And what happens when a huge high energy particle enters the Earth's atmosphere is it creates a shower of radiation. Now, if that happens to hit a cloud, this is a theory, right? If that happens to hit a cloud that has a big charge difference, not enough to cause lightning, but a pretty good charge difference, it can give it the kick it needs to spark that lightning. To push the electrons down into the ground. Exactly. That can give them that boost to get sort of over the hump. So the model is like, you got all these clouds, they're primed to spark, right? They don't have enough energy to spark and actually cause lightning. And then a particle from space happens to hit them and basically starts the lightning fire. So you're saying that lightning is caused by something in the heavens. <laughs> oh my gosh. Outside of this earth. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> beyond beyond our, our, our existence here. It's not mythological, but it is extraterrestrial. Yes, that's the theory, right? The amazing <laughs> oh, thing good. is... Zeus is an alien. <laughs> I have you on the on the tape here now, Daniel. A, yeah, Zeus is an alien, mostly killing men. Yes, exactly. That's what <laughs> physics has taught us. 
No, we, <laughs> we don't know this, right? This is a, an active area of investigation. One of the most amazing wow. things to me is that we still don't understand lightning. Like these are pretty basic questions. Until recently, we didn't realize like there's a lot of radiation inside a cloud. Like an airliner that flies through a thunderstorm is actually exposing its passengers to more radiation, right? Because it turns out there's a lot of radiation inside these thunderstorms. Right. Um, there's a huge amount wow. of stuff that we just don't understand going on inside. And we don't have time to dig into to it today, but there's, we're just talking about one kind of lightning, like cloud to ground. There's cloud to cloud lightning, there's intercloud lightning, yeah. there's all sorts of crazy kinds of lightning, like sprites and elves and all sorts of crazy stuff that nobody understands at all. I feel like maybe you guys at the Large Hadron Collider should just like hit the pause button and um, you know, just for a week, all those 3,000 uh, scientists should maybe focus on this question first. <laughs> That's like thinking that like science can only do one thing at a time, right? You know, science is multifaceted. We got folks interested in lightning. We got folks interested in, you know, uh, how ducks procreate. We got folks interested in the Higgs boson. And one of my favorite things about science is that it's all about people following their passion. Maybe you're really interested in how snails eat other snails. Awesome. Go study it. You're the right person to do that. And so I think it's good that we got Higgs boson folks doing that and lightning experts doing that. And there's apparently not enough people curious about how lightning works. Yeah, probably most people think lightning is solved, right? They think, oh, well, we figured that out a long time ago. Um, but we made, you know, a little bit of progress with Ben Franklin and almost no progress since then until about the <laughs> that was, 70s. That was a, that's the benchmark. <laughs> ben Franklin was the pioneer of lightning research and nobody else has done more than him since. <laughs> no, it's been like only the last couple of decades that people have really started, started to get serious about this and attack this problem. And that's one of the best things about science when people are like, all right, let's figure this out. Does this make sense? And it, and and very quickly you discover there's mysteries everywhere, right? There's all sorts of weird stuff to explore all around the universe and right here on Earth. Well, that's amazing um, that there are still so many mysteries about it and, and how it works. All right, let's, uh, let's go into now lightning, not just here on Earth, but in other planets. But first, let's take a quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. 
Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. All right, we've talked about lightning and what causes it and what we don't know about what causes it. But um, And there are still big mysteries in lightning. That's crazy. It's, it's, um, it's a big newsflash for me. Yeah. And there's all sorts of weird kinds of lightning that people don't understand. And there's sort of two categories there. There's like weird lightning that we've seen, we've verified, but we don't understand like what makes it or what causes it or how it works, whatever. Sort of like that's serious science. And then there's the sort of crazy lightning stories, right? Like things people talk about, but no scientist has been able to record or verify. And what? Yeah, and one of my favorites, oh, is this like um like um, people see balls of lightning in their house and stuff like that? Yes, exactly. There's this continuing series of anecdotal evidence for something called ball lightning, which is supposed to be like a glowing ball of lightning, like ten centimeters wide, approximately, that would like come down people's chimneys and like run around their house and then go out the window. Um, wow. you know, it's, it's bizarre. No scientist has ever seen this. It's never been recorded. We only have anecdotal evidence, but we have a lot of anecdotal evidence. There's like in history in the last few hundred years, there's a lot of examples about people writing about this. So if uh, all those people saying, man, I think it's aliens, they might be right. <laughs> it might be, you know, um, super, supernovas <laughs> are not caused by aliens. Or it, might be, it might be, uh, uh, signals from an alien dying star. Yeah, actually, you know, I don't know that. I don't know that supernova are not caused by aliens. So I really shouldn't say that for certain. Uh, it could be. Um, but, you know, ball lightning is like, it's just a mystery. Nobody's really captured it. Um, nobody's been able to explain it. People have done some tests in the lab where they're able to create these weird glowing balls of plasma, basically using very special arrangements of moisture and charge, whatever. But we don't know if that's really what ball lightning is. And, and nobody's been able to create it in a way that like lasts as long as people say it does, you know? All right. And so that that's one weird thing here on Earth. But um, you were telling me that there are interesting questions about lightning in other planets. Yeah, exactly. An awesome thing about lightning is that it's not unique to Earth, right? We mm. see weather, of course, on other planets. And Saturn and Jupiter in particular, you know, they are these amazing, beautiful planets with obvious cloud patterns. You can just look at their surface and see there's a lot of stuff going on there, right? And there's swirling clouds and huge storms. And in those storms, we see lightning. So there's extraterrestrial lightning. That's a real thing. But one of the mysteries is like, does it happen on other planets? Yeah. And is it very similar? Like, is it clouds rubbing against each other and then, you know, probably cosmic rays 
causing it to uh, arc? That's the idea, right? Um, we haven't been able to put probes into those clouds to see if the electric fields are large enough to cause lightning on their own. But it would mm. make sense. I mean, Jupiter is a huge amount of radiation it's producing. And so it would make sense if some of those are also sparked by you know, high energy electrons or protons or something. There's a lively debate also about whether or not there's lightning on Venus, right? Venus has this really thick cloud cover, so we can't see very well into Venus. And people think there should be lightning. And some people claim to have evidence for lightning on Venus, but it's not, um, not scientifically accepted yet. But we do know what happens on other planets. And I think that's pretty awesome. Like weather on other planets. That's for some reason that just tickles the, uh, the physicist in me. Weather, like snow, to feel snow in another planet, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I also really like here on Earth when lightning happens, not just in your like standard vanilla thunderstorm, right? It can happen in snowstorms. It can happen What? in hurricanes. Yeah, exactly. Wait, snowstorms? Yeah, you get like thunder snow or something. What's the name for that? You should be able to come up with <laughs> Thunder them. snow. I like that. That sounds like a... <laughs> Like one of the Thundercats, maybe. <laughs> Thundercats, snow! <laughs> I don't know. Nice. Yeah, because, you know, all that needs to happen is you need to get a charge differential. And snowstorms, you know, they have these ice crystals and they can run up against each other and you get the right combination of hail and snow together and you get this charge differential and then, you know, Zeus does his thing and sends you a proton from a supernova and boom, you get lightning in a thunderstorm. It's mm. You can get lightning in a snowstorm. It totally happens. And in hurricanes, it's also, is there something weird about that? No, it's just, I mean, a hurricane is just a huge storm. But, you know, a hurricane is just this awesome wrath of nature. And if you look at it from space, like, you know, right now people are suffering, suffering from that hurricane on the East Coast. But if you look at it from space, you can see lightning flashes all around the hurricane. It just makes it sort of mm. seem like a super hurricane to me. In those cases, it's, it's like lightning between clouds, right? Yeah, mostly that's cloud to cloud lightning. And the principle is the same, you know, it's all about this charge differential. Uh, something else that's fascinating about that kind of lightning is you get this big charge differential. The bottom of the cloud is negatively charged. Well, the top of the cloud is positively charged. So when the electrons are reaching down to the ground to try to find a path, some other electrons are simultaneously reaching out inside the cloud. So lightning actually starts in both directions. And then if it finds the, a path to the ground first, you get cloud to ground lightning. But if it founds, finds some connection to the positively charged area of the cloud first, then you get inter-cloud lightning inside the cloud. So lightning actually starts in two directions at once. Well, that all just sounds like some kind of internet business model or something. <laughs> cloud to cloud, cloud to ground. That's right. Yeah, that's where the real money is in the cloud to cloud business. Yeah, <laughs> that's where the, Forget physics, Daniel. <laughs> Go into cloud to cloud computing. I'm just going to take 1% of every lightning strike, you know, and then eventually that'll add up to a huge amount. All right. So that's, um, that's super interesting. I learned a bunch here today uh, about what is lightning and what causes it and all the things we don't know about it. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to those scientists who are shooting rockets up into clouds connected to little wires and not getting struck. Um, but they're doing it so that we can understand how lightning works and we can finally maybe put to rest um, you know, one of the mysteries, one of the deepest questions people have about amazing natural phenomena right here on Earth. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. And we hope that the next time you get to see some lightning, 
you will look at and get awed not just by the flash of light, but by the mysteries that are inside of that column of neon natural advertisement. And remember, the impetus for that lightning strike could have happened a billion years ago in a star far, far away. Came down to Earth just for you to see it. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.